You realize we're talking about going up against the most powerful guy in all of Rio? Yes, we are. Then we're going to need a team. All right, let's run through the bases real quick. Who do we got? First, we're going to need a chameleon. Someone who can blend in anywhere. What else? A fast talker. Someone who could bullshit their way out of anything. I got that. This guy's going to have a lot of surveillance. We're going to need someone who's good with circuits. I won't. Probably only one. And with those circuits, Reyes is going to have walls. We're going to need guys to punch through those walls. What else? Utilities and weapons. Someone who ain't afraid to throw down. Someone to back up every position. Yeah, what else we need? Most importantly, we're gonna need two precision drivers. Guys that don't crack under pressure. Guys that never lose. You know we got that. I'm Joel Murphy. And I'm Andy McIntyre. And this is Silver Linings Playback, the podcast where we watch maligned movies and we find their silver lining. And this month is all about family uh, because we are watching the second half of the Fast and Furious saga. And to help us out, we're bringing along several members of the family we choose. Uh, and this month, uh, we got our good friend Jason Herbert talking about Fast Five. How's it going, Jason? Uh, what's up? I'm, I'm, I'm happy to be here. I'm, I'm, I'm thrilled that I was honored to be able to take part in the, the episode about Fast Five. You can decide which of those, obviously, all of the components that you need for a heist you are in this scenario of like, we brought you in, uh, you know, all the things that you need, you know, a fast talker, a chameleon, some guys to punch through a wall and... Gal Gadot. I think that was the deal, as far as I understand it. Like, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'll be thrilled to, to fill any of those roles, even if it's uh, <laughs> even if it's just being the role of ludicrous that somehow says like seven lines in a movie and gets paid millions of dollars. Yeah, yeah well, he's, he's the guy that's an expert on circuits, <laughs> which apparently Not an electrician, an yeah. expert on circuits. Which I guess he went to school for circuits between <laughs> the last time we saw him and this, because <laughs> having watched uh, Too Fast, no, Too Furious, Too Fast, they established that he's really good with circuits and wiring cars and stuff. Okay. Okay. All right. Sure. So that is it means he can crack safes. Those are the same things he was doing in that movie. It's, exactly. Yeah. Okay. And uh, letting Tyrese sleep though. on his houseboat. Yeah. Yeah. Which also Tyrese is a different character in this movie <laughs> than he played it the last time. I think a better character. I think it was the right choice. But he was we can't get Dom back the last time around. <laughs> and now he's guy who doesn't want to be there as far as I can tell. Yeah, that yeah, he was he was poor man's Vin Diesel last time, and he's now that Vin Diesel's there. You don't need a poor man's Vin Diesel. You got you got Tyrese as Roman. Yeah, and, I feel like uh, the the only character that felt very consistent was Han. Was yeah. like he felt exactly like Han did in the last one. Gal Gadot didn't have a character in her previous movie, so no. And this time she's girl who okay. girl who moons over Han. Mm hmm. Which, look, since we're at the Melanie portion, let's just cover it right at the top that this screen lists his full name in this as Han Sol, like as in Sol Korea. Sol Korea. <laughs> oh, like hyphen. Oh, yeah. He's Han Sol. Oh, apparently. Yeah. Why not? Let's just I mean, that's the are you sure that's maligning it? I think that's <laughs> I I honestly if he had winked at the camera at the end when they're talking, when he and Gal Gadot, spoilers, I guess, are riding off into the sunset and she's like, where should we go? And she's like, what about Tokyo? And he's like, we'll get there eventually. He might as well just have done a wink to camera at that point. With a ding sound effect. <laughs> ding. 
But yes, that would have been. Oh, this movie's ridiculous. Yeah, like like the way that it's a prequel. But yeah, I mean, <laughs> I, look, I I think that's why I like the Fast and the Furious because. They, so full disclosure, I don't think these movies are good, and I think there are a lot of reasons to malign them. They amuse me, though, and I think one of the reasons they amuse me is because they definitely take on way more than they... Like, they're way too ambitious for the level of execution for these. So, yeah, they made Tokyo Drift. They killed the character Han in that movie. I'm going to guess the logic was they liked him and wanted him to appear in other movies, but then they made a bunch of movies that take... so. Yeah, th this one and the one after this and like all they take place before the third movie in the franchise. They really like muddled their timeline to keep him around. Yeah. And I mean, I can't think of another way to have a character you think is dead show up <laughs> later in the series. But I just a Andy, he was driving a car. Someone killed him. We saw <laughs> it happen. You're telling me you could bring that character back in the Fast and the Furious franchise? I can't think of an example that it happened next week when we talk about <laughs> Fast and Furious 6. I think that is the question, right? Why not? He just lived. Like, why Why make... The like, are they really worried about ruining the emotional climax of Fast and Furious Tokyo Drift? Is that... That's like, no, we need to, we need to straighten this timeline out. That was a great moment. We can't undercut Lucas Black's big emotional breakdown at the death of the guy he'd known for three weeks. Yeah. And we kept Lucas Black around, obviously, because of the two of them, that's the guy we wanted to keep in the franchise. Yeah, that's that's Captain Charisma right there. All right. Well, hey, those are other movies which we did not subject Jason to. So let's <laughs> <laughs> let's try to stay on. Uh, would, you want to give a crack at describing the plot of this movie of Fast Five? Me? Oh, no, no Andy, I wouldn't do that to oh. you either. Yeah. Oh, um, yeah. We heard it in the opening sequence mm -hmm. uh, today. Uh, it is every heist movie, except this one has fast cars. Mm -hmm. And yeah. Vin Diesel talking about family. Yeah, I, I did read in the trivia that apparently that was the, the note. They wanted to get away from the car racing and pivot to heist films with this one. That was really their goal. I, I will say I missed the nonsense sounding car jargon from... You know that it was way dialed back in this movie. Maybe that maybe they were right to do it because this movie made a lot more money than the the car focused ones. But yeah, so well, oh, go ahead. No, well, because I, I mean, well, not to jump ahead in the series, but not saying that like any of these movies made sense, but they started out as just like car racing mm -hmm. movies, a little crime, to now. The like international uh, wanted thieves, <laughs> millionaires that are doing. I think they're going to space next movie. They're definitely going to space. They're gonna go to space. Like it's it's yeah. gonna happen in the franchise. But yeah, no, that like that you're completely right. Like the first movie is classic. You know, there, there's a cop. He's an undercover cop, and he gets in too deep, and he's charmed by the local Los Angeles like car thief <laughs> and then but, yeah yeah it's it's point break with cars instead of surfboards yeah exactly yeah and then by five yeah they're international fugitives who seem to be like at the top of the most wanted list they're being hunted by Dwayne the rock johnson and they're getting into squabbles with the kingpin of like rio of <laughs> all of brazil's drug trade yeah yeah it's quite an escalation that for some reason has a microchip for the for drop-offs to all the places he already owns. I have tried to understand that so <laughs> many times. What is happening? So there's yeah, okay. So the the start of, as as thorough as Andy's description was, that's a good place to start. Is so there's we start with like yeah, Brian and Mia have gotten to Rio. They're waiting for Dom to show up and they take a job from sketchy guy from the first movie because that's who you want to trust on this. I, I, I don't want to cut you off, but I believe we have to, the, the, the 
jail. Oh, bus the prison, the, the prison bus break. Yeah, prison, yeah. I did bus. hand wave past the prison break. You, you know yeah. what? That's fair because we start with their genius plan to free their friend who they want to get off of a prison bus by just demolishing the bus that he's on. <laughs> I, I got to say, I knew I was going to love the physics of this movie <laughs> when Paul Walker's car became a rat for mm-hmm. a bus. Oh, yeah. When the bus went to hit it, it didn't hit the car. No, it became a ramp mm-hmm. that flipped the bus over. <laughs> and they made a point to say that there were no casualties. I, I thought that was weird. I laughed out loud yeah. at the idea that there were no ca- <laughs> That bus killed everyone inside it. The <laughs> only person missing was Dom Toretto. Yeah. No one else escaped. No one was hurt. Purd happily explained to us that, yeah. like, everyone's fine. <laughs> yeah, I'm so happy that Purd happily showed up. Yeah. It's not like the movie doesn't kill hundreds of people. And these are all criminals, as far as we know. They could all be the worst criminals in Los Angeles on this yeah. bus, but they're all fine. They want us to know. Yeah, but none I, of them were I harmed. Then want Paul Walker to be a mass murderer, right? So well, they had to make sure of that. But then he kills other people. But I mean, that, I just found it odd that they kept that they said it like three times, and I had news clipping mm-hmm. mashup. Yeah, it was very important to some studio exec that they yeah. make it clear that no one died in that bus crash. Like, yeah, so they, yes, they free Dom from this, yeah, transport bus. They all go on their own because in the last movie, Dom was sentenced to like 25 years in prison. So now they break him out. They all go on the run. Then they're waiting for him to arrive. So they take this job where a a train is transporting some vehicles, cars. some cars, and they do no research into what they're doing. They they just show up. For some reason, this, so this confused me too, because Brian and Mia are on the train for seemingly no reason, because then they just cut a hole in the side of it. So they didn't need to be inside the train, as far as I could tell. Well, they, 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 had, <laughs> they had to locate what cars oh, they, they were in. You know what? So... You got me there. You know what? They had to know which one to cut into. Yeah. But okay. I mean, if, if you have the technology to cut through, I'm pretty sure you could have. You know, that that's on me. It's unassailable, yeah. the logic of this film. You're right. That's my bad. For- yeah. This, this, there are no flaws in physics or logic or okay, general so, cause and effect. As we're about to get to in a few minutes as we talk about how this scene ends. <laughs> but yeah, so they... They want this one, so they're stealing all the cars, but they really only want one car because as we discovered, that car has a fake, well, not a fake, but it has a pre-programmed GPS thing that, as as Jason mentioned, lists every, like, which also, so it lists every location that he picks up his money from all his drop-offs. And then later in the film, we're told that this same guy leaves no paper trail, but yet, like, he has like a car full of how to find where all of his money is but anyway so yeah they steal that car but then for some reason it goes bad and they they don't trust the people that they're with and then those people kill a lot of federal agents and then they drive off in a different direction with the like mia drives off in a different direction of the car and then tom and brian drive off a cliff for some reason yeah in a corvette in a Corvette, and then they jump out of the Corvette and are fine. Just like in real life. Yeah. yeah and that's, and I guess this is the moment I guess I had to question Dom's uh, leadership ability. Mm-hmm. Because even if you wanted to double cross them, yeah. you could have just said, like, after we, we all are out of this, we can just, like, go the other way. No, but Not she immediately. Yeah, <laughs> she like cuts the wheel. The opposite me before the heist is over, and I'm and I'm still in harm's way. Yep. Yeah. No. Once one of us is off this train, she's gonna cut a hard U-turn and drive in the complete opposite direction, so they know something's up. Yeah. Um, yep. I thought we were supposed to be maligning this movie. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, that makes perfect sense to me. You want to let them know that you're sticking it to them. Right. You don't want them to find out later. You want to be able to see that look in their eyes when you've stolen from them. The guys who are totally willing to kill federal agents, which carries a much higher crime than killing fugitives. Wait, like, so here's a question, though, too. Like, did the the villains of this movie actually 
are are they like in their mind they have to feel that they were wronged right because so they hired some people for a job those people immediately double crossed them they stole the car that was the entire reason for the job and then we're like now we have a vendetta and then like caught them and seemed to give them time to set everything right and then those people decided they were the the wronged party and then set this whole plan in motion that was personal for them but i yeah i would say that like they seem in the wrong here <laughs> yeah <clears throat> that's i mean it's like watch like watching i was like i'm not sure i can see that these are necessarily holes in the plot which is major like why why in the plot because like you if you want there are tons of ways that you can get into uh uh beef with a drug cartel right it's pretty easy don't i know it <laughs> <laughs> but to double cross them for seemingly no reason but then somehow they're the they're the wrong. Yeah, it it was it was a weird starting point. They just well, yeah, especially because it seemed like they realized they it seemed like they decided to double cross them like halfway through when they're like, oh wait, they don't want all the cars; they just want this one car. There must be something special. Yoink! <laughs> but he, and then that's the thing; it doesn't justify because it was like I guess oh there no, could it be, doesn't. Like yeah. there could be a scenario where it's like, okay, we we took this job because the shady guy in our group like arranged it before Dom showed up, and then we find out like they're I don't know doing human trafficking or like they're 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 doing something terrible and we're abetting it. It's like, but no, seemingly for some reason, and I still I'm with you, Jason. I don't understand why uh, this this thing seemed to tell them where all the drop like like maybe I don't know. Maybe is it that. But they don't say this. This is me trying to understand the movie. But like, maybe they didn't want the like authorities to know the drop points. That's the best guess I can. I think that's what it is. Yeah, that they that they know their drop points. But it's this is evidence that if if they were to look, or poke around, then they would like. But I still don't know why you would need to have this. So I mean, movie can happen. Yeah, but. Even if, like, uh, but, but even within the logic of the movie, we saw that once it was known the drop point, that the, the, the drops were, I guess, public knowledge to some extent, they could transfer everything to the police station. Which also begs the question, why wasn't the money always just at the police station? Yeah. And then if, if, you, if you believe the DEA could, could get the drop points, you could just move it to the police station at that point. And then get other drop yeah. spots for your money, and so then you completely nullify the reason to have to possibly kill <laughs> federal agents to get a call back. Yeah, no, that's a fair point. Yeah, even if you give them the benefit of the doubt that okay, this is evidence, you just change it up. Yeah, you don't need yeah. to go through all this to get the car back. You just—I mean, you can afford it because you know, because you know, big players just weigh the money. <laughs> Yeah, I, that was Paul, Paul Walker. Not, uh, and I guess cause from his time as a police officer, he knew how much money weighed. He just memorized he just, it. Was he just so dumb and thought when they were talking about pounds, he meant act, they meant actual <laughs> weight? Is that what that is? I yeah. I also, I mean, look, I, I said we weren't going to go back, but Paul Walker starts out as a very bad cop in the first. He's terrible at his job. And then he's a fugitive in Too Fast, Too Furious. And then he's working for the FBI in Fast and Furious. I like what is his career trajectory and like his experience in any movie? Doesn't seem to make I, a lot of sense. I don't know. I think ineptitude working their way up through the American law enforcement system is the most sensical thing in this whole series. So that it, I don't know what you're talking about. That, that point. <laughs> That's fair. Yeah. All right. So, okay. I don't even know where we're at in this plot. But okay. So they move all the money into the vault. So now this is where the heist comes in. This is where we're going to bring everybody from the previous films together. And then, yeah, I think we should talk about the team because we kind of talked around it. But like, 
I, I, first of all, love it. I love bringing everyone together. I think that's a really good instinct. They had these weird, yeah. like, sequels that were piecemeal sequels that had certain characters and that did expand out the world. And now you're going to bring them together. The problem is they make, like, no logical sense as a team whatsoever. Yeah, it was really convenient that all the people they needed to do the job happened to have starred in other Fast and Furious movies. But it's also with a lot of redundancy because like all these people have been on teams in previous movies fulfilling pretty much the same roles. And also all of their heists, as smart as they want to pretend they are, always boil down to drive fast cars into things and then smash those things open and then steal them. But I mean, <laughs> Andy, I, you, I'm sorry, Joel, you can't have uh, Dom give his monologue. <laughs> if, if, that, if, if that's what's going to happen. So you have to justify uh, all the money you're paying for Vin Diesel. Right, that's true. Say, yes, to give his, I guess, the building the, building the family mm -hmm. monologue before the uh, inevitable talking about family monologues that come later on. Well, yeah, and I mean, every movie producer that decides to pay Vin Diesel money to star in their movie pays him for the long monologues, not short <laughs> to the point lines. So I get that. That makes a lot of sense to me. That's why he's in those Marvel movies. It's just like all this really complex dialogue. God, if I could just sit through one more Groot monologue. <laughs> and like Iron Giant, would you shut up? <laughs> I, my favorite part of his when he's describing the team is that he ends it by being like, and two really handsome, strong boys who are super good at driving cars together and are best friends. <laughs> like, like, they're just like, like, and Paul Walker's seeming to like really only get that. Wait, wait, we have those. Oh, we're the handsome, strong boys <laughs> that are good at driving fast. <laughs> well, I mean, for full disclosure, as it began, I was like, this is dumb. I, I was, cause I was, I was thinking like, that's that. That's the whole point of these movies. What are you talking about? And I was like, oh, that was the joke. <laughs> and I felt real bad because I guess I was late on a joke in a Fast and Furious movie. So. Well, those those jokes come a quarter mile at a time, so you have <laughs> yeah. to be ready for they're them. Coming, they're coming pretty quick. That's uh, yeah. They're ten second you know. jokes, so you have to. Yeah, when once that nos kicks in, you're hard to pay. It's hard to follow the jokes coming flying fast and furious past you. All right, so they spend a long time planning the. Oh well, first of all, I don't want to skip over the part where someone watched the film The Dark Knight and was like, "What if we lit money on fire?" Even though we're keeping the money and we're not the Joker, we still want to do that scene where we light a little bit of money on fire. And tell the guy it's not about the money. I, maybe to get in his head because we're going to steal the money. Well, yeah, because that's why they don't have to hit all of the points. That's why he consolidates it all at the police station. Which he didn't worried do. about them burning it. Yeah, which he didn't do when they got the drops. But yeah, but I didn't. I'm pretty sure if you were just stolen the money and threatened him the same way, he would have done the same thing. So. Or just, I yeah, think... I mean, you could have made a phone call and been like, hey, we know all the drop points. So. Yeah. Like, hey, and here, we're going to hit them. Yeah. Here's a list of all the places you keep money. <laughs> like, yeah, it's like the, the burning of it. Yeah, it was that. Well, I was because when I saw that, I was thinking, like, is this a did they see? Well, I so Dark, Dark Knight came up, came up before this. Oh, yeah. No, for sure. Because that Dark oh, Knight God. was like. Was it 2008 or something? And this is 2011. Oh, well, then, then, that, that was definitely a bad. Because I was like, this is this it, this seems like a bad rebuff of the Joker. But I was yep. like, but I'm not even sure if. But it was so bad. I was like, maybe <laughs> I thought this was like making a point somehow. But yeah, if it was before, then definitely. That's why Paul Walker gave that speech about the diamond thief that he came across. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's why he that's why the other theme of this movie after family is some people just want to watch the world burn. Yeah. Uh, all right. So, yeah. So they consolidate everything. Then they spend a really long time trying to justify all these individual roles in this very complex heist they're going to do only to throw their arms up at the last minute and just be like, what if we did what we're actually good at and smashed a hole in the wall and tied this safe to some cars and drove it out of here? Well, you forget that while they're trying to set everything up, they're like, you know what? 
let's take a break and have a drag race with a bunch of stolen cop cars. Right. Yeah, they they do that for fun, which then Dom lets uh, Brian win, which seems sweet at first. But then when I was sitting there thinking about it, too, and I was like, he's, he's like, well, because he's going to have a baby. So, like, he's going to get this money. He's getting like 11 million. Like, they're getting so much money that the idea of, like, losing it for an extra million, you know, so your kid will be all right. Like, we want to make sure he's taken care well, of. Well, I mean, cost of tuition nowadays. I get it. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> Uh, which is but, oh. but then um because everybody's seen well I guess what Tyrese and Han yeah a, Han like, Solo yeah yeah but they they all seem to to see they knew yeah Dom let him win right mm-hmm. and, but so were they losing so bad that they yes. were able to like yeah recognize what happened. I mean, it, it it just seemed weird to me how like they. I mean, I get what the what the story was trying to do, but the way they chose to do it, it was like everyone could see that like he let you win, but it's kind of like, dude, like weren't weren't you trying to win at the same time? Yeah, no, I'm so sure about this. Like, were you losing so bad you could recognize that he pulled up on the throttle? Like, yeah, wow, Vin Diesel's as bad at driving as I am. Wait a minute. <laughs> Yeah, no, for sure. They they were trying to win, presumably, but yeah, we're like they had a clear view of the two of yeah. them from and, like. Way and far really, back. all they could have done is just all collectively agreed to let Paul Walker win so that he could have a little extra money for his child. Right, like that would have made sense. I do also love the idea that Paul Walker is the only one completely oblivious to this because that felt right to me. Like that might be the best writing in the whole thing that he's like, no, I'm pretty sure I won fair and square. Like, like yeah, I I, I beat. The unbeatable Dom Toretto in a street race. My favorite IMDb trivia about this movie is that apparently they accidentally set off the sirens in Tyrese's car. <laughs> like, that was not intentional. <laughs> and they just left it in. And they just left it in because they were like, I don't know. It seems like he might do that. So, like, we're just going to keep it. Yeah, that was a great thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, I don't know. I think the end actual final chase heist amalgam thing at the end is probably the biggest affront to actual physics in this entire movie oh yeah yeah well also i don't know if you anyone out here understands sliding friction but um it's a it's a pretty strong force um and if you're pulling a giant safe full of money which we've established is heavy because he's a baller Mm -hmm. um yeah they give the exact weight of it in the movie (laughs) that wouldn't slide like that or the cars wouldn't be able to pull it. I don't care how muscle car you have. And 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 then and something because that was I, I was thinking that at first about. But then when they were making turns, I was thinking even if you could pull that safe that fast, when you were trying to make a turn with that, like it would it, it would be so much fishtailing. Oh yeah, that. And, and like so yeah so I I too was, was the whole time I'm trying to like think about the physics of it and this is before it broke through like three banks <laughs> without with with the the safe that was tons went through a tons a bunch of buildings somehow never slowing down the speed of like two Mustangs. <laughs> Yeah, we needed the news crew to come through again and explain to us that no one was killed in this either. Yeah. <laughs> like, by, just like no one was clipped by a, you know, a by safe. a runaway fishtailing giant safe. Yeah. Yeah, we need Purd happily to show up doing a remote in Rio. And Well, it turns out that no one died. But also we, yeah, they switched the safe too. That happens. Um, well, that's, I mean, classic heist movie, Double Cross. Yeah, that was the plan. Because they also, in addition to watching The Dark Knight, they also watched Ocean's Eleven. So they realized the potential. And of, the Italian job. Yeah. And, 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 and. But yeah, they did the classic, we bought our own copy of the safe gag, you know. Yeah, and the ti- and the, the timing to just manually unhook and hook the new safe. Mm-hmm. They were quick. They had, yeah, What they give the exact amount of time, but it's very, what is it like? Is it 10 seconds? I feel like it's very short. It, yeah, it's it's still, it's like 10 seconds. And they literally, 
unhook it with enough momentum to slide up into the back of a hollowed out garbage truck. And then they're able to hook on to the new safe and drive away like no one was the wiser. And given I did, I just thought about this now, but the the safe was had enough force to go through uh, glass and brick like butter, mm-hmm. but slid right onto the back of this uh, garbage truck. No problem at all. No damage. Slid on. They could lock it up and drive away like no. No problem. Well, because it wasn't being pulled by cars anymore. And remember, cars can do anything <laughs> if you shift enough. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And if you have nitrous, you got to have. Right. You, you know. got to have that NOS. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and the rocks in the movie. Yeah. And we left out the scene where they get the fingerprints because the guy grabs Gal Gadot's ass. So just don't forget that also happened in the yep. movie. Yeah. that That's the thing that happens. Yeah. And then. um. Which they weren't going to send her, so I can only assume the original plan was to get him to grab Han's ass. Like, in that, you know. And she was like, yeah, you know well, what, I'll well, take one for the team. Well, well, no, this was definitely a feminist moment. Because she, <laughs> because it was her what, idea. Yeah. Yes, that she says, like, no, man, a woman can do this. <laughs> but I guess openly, like... That's that's right up there with E.O. and stabbing uh, the Witch King in the face. Yeah. <laughs> It was like, like, like to a woman to do it, and then I she disrobes, and I'm like, okay, this is so, somehow, somehow, as weird as the movie was, that sequence, I was like, this is weird, mm-hmm. and then <laughs> it like doubles down on it with just like everyone's reaction to it of just like immediately, <laughs> even though we are told that she, I guess, is the deadliest of all of them like she's the military trained like weapons expert but they all think it's a good idea to like really just razz her about this too well yeah much like uh gal gadot's in real life having been a veteran of the israeli special forces so was giselle's character her character giselle in the movie which giselle is never her character's name is never spoken in this movie uh that's true also it was in the fourth one so that's how we know it's giselle yeah and I, I didn't see the fourth one, so I had no idea. Mm-hmm. So. Also, a lot of people don't know this, but the, their military trains you to uh, spot ex-smokers by how many chips they eat. That's a big yep. part of their training. It's obviously <laughs> the chip to packs of cigarette ratio, you know. I don't know. I have never been a smoker, but I do eat a lot of chips. So I, I have to test that theory. A little, uh, you know, I have to push back just a little bit. Yeah, what if yeah. you just like chips? <laughs> like like i've never seen anyone not eat a lot of chips like that's that's what you do with chips and i'm sure like whoever wrote that in was like i'm killing it right now (laughs) so i'm taking the rest of the day off (laughs) yeah i'm a show not tell Mm -hmm. yeah of her uh of of her military expertise Mm -hmm. from this cycle and analysis well yeah because she's you're about to do like she's about to strip off her clothes and and rush so you really want to give her this great moment before that happens to really establish you know how good she is not not just the body the brains too (laughs) that's feminism if you ask me i mean (laughs) it was her idea her the character written by a man (laughs) yep uh Why is The Rock in this movie other than to be The Rock? I I mean, that's like asking, you know, why is cake delicious? I mean, I've never yeah. questioned why The Rock is in any movie. He should be in every movie okay, as far as fair. I'm concerned. Like, yeah. I mean, it's, he's great. He's hunting them because of the not because of the prison break, but because of the bad train job where they killed yeah. people. I mean, it, it's almost... I'm assuming that like they kind of had the idea for the movie, but then the somewhere down the line they, the budget was larger than they expected, so they just got the rock into it because the whole Hobbs character, the you could have the movie without removing that completely, and it would still be like the same movie because the because the, the well this movie is like two hours long which is entirely too long. Yes. In the first place. 
So then you can remove the Hobbs, the Hobbs character, and I don't know, thirty five percent of other stuff that happened. Can I just stop you both and ask you how much Tyrese and Vin Diesel paid you to to sit here and and <laughs> say that The Rock is not an integral part of this franchise because he's well, great and Oh no, I, The Rock is great. Yeah. But literally nothing he does has any impact on the plot whatsoever. Yeah, I mean, so I'm going to get, well, first of all, fun fact that, again, according to IMDb, oh, I love this too, yeah. IMDb, the character was written for Tommy Lee Jones. And as has so often happened in The Rock's career, when they couldn't get Tommy Lee Jones, they went to The Rock. So, Well, well that's actually even more confusing. Yes. Well, Tommy it's Lee not. Been, was going to be great as the Scorpion King, but then, you know, The Rock <laughs> took it. So Also, Miami was really disappointed when they couldn't sign Tommy Lee Jones to play for them. <laughs> so they ended up getting The Rock. Uh, yeah, same like his feud with Stone Cold. That was Tom. But anyway, no, you can see it that it's Tommy Lee Jones in the first speech because it's a very paraphrased it's very version much the fugitive, yeah. of like, yeah, we need a hard target search of every fat. I don't even remember what he says. I just remember it ends with like, and whatever you do, don't let him get in a car. It's like, but like, Great line. yeah, uh, but yeah, so they introduce him really well. But then I also... The only benefit of the doubt that I'm giving this franchise is I think what they were ultimately doing was trying to parallel what happened with Brian. Because, like, although it's redundant because they do it with The Rock and they do it with the local law enforcement character, I would agree that they're redundant. The, like, romantic interest for Dom that's not really romantic and then The Rock both have the same arc. But it's like, apparently Vin Diesel is so charismatic in his scrappy family of criminals is so likable that if you are tasked with hunting them, eventually you will agree with them and you will join forces with them. That's what happened with Brian. That's what's happening with the rock. So I think they were trying to do that again, but there's a lot happening in this movie. Well, yeah, I mean, that, that's why on movie sets, they don't even send PAs to go get Vin Diesel. They just hope he shows up because every PA ends up falling <laughs> in love with him and it's a whole thing. And then there's just a whole bunch of fallout. So they just hope he makes his calls uh, for the movies. Yeah, but 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 thankfully they fall in love with him. Mm -hmm. So Vin Diesel doesn't have to fight with them and throw them through multiple walls <laughs> to just kind of have a slight abrasion on his face. Also, also, can we give a shout out to Justin Lin and whoever was in charge of Apple crates on the set for the fact that Vin Diesel is about a foot shorter than The Rock and they do their best to hide that this entire movie, including those fight scenes. So, yeah, that's Vin Diesel is another one of those actors that is deceptively short. Yes. And The Rock is legit like what? Six, six five, four. six, four. Yeah, yeah. six. Something. Yeah. He's six foot plus. He's a big dude. Yeah, so there, if you really watch, like, there's there's a lot of, uh, you know, not since Lord of the Rings has so much trick photography happened to make <laughs> people's heights seem different than they are. But Although I'm pretty sure that uh, Ian McKellen is three and a half feet taller than Elijah Wood. <laughs> yes, no, that that's why they cast both of them. So, like, like, in the fight scenes, I was like trying to, because I was pretty sure it was the Rock the whole time. Mm -hmm. but I was oh yeah, trying to see like, like what scenes like was that Vin Diesel the whole time or like was it a, like a body double that, there that'd be funny if he had a body double who's the rock's height like if that's how they filmed it was like they also his stunt choreographer is also taller than him like they just found another tanned bald wrestler and they're like hey you want to make a quick buck call yeah yeah any of them any of all them. of them yeah <laughs> Shave Billy Gunn's head and have him do yeah. it. Put on this tight T-shirt and jump through some some walls for us. Here's a hundred thousand dollars. I mean, I'd do it. I, I would also. All right. Have we? Do we want to malign anything else about this movie, or have we? Have we successfully? I mean, I think we kind of went pillar to post on this. So. All right. This movie's just fun, man. It I don't really know. I mean, is. like that's. Like it's it's stupid and ridiculous and makes no sense whatsoever. But man, is it fun to watch? No. And that that's the thing is, it's like if you I think if you pick apart anything, like if you sit there and go like, 
why are Vin Diesel and Paul Walker driving this Corvette off this cliff right now? Then you're, you, it's not going to make sense. But if you watch Vin Diesel and Paul Walker drive their Corvette off a cliff and then jump off, it's really fun. Like if you again, the safe thing doesn't make any sense. But if you just I think if you can just turn off your brain and watch this movie, it's a very watchable movie. Like none of it makes any sense on its own. But but I think they I think they found magic here. I actually do. I think it all came together somehow of like all these things that kind of worked in previous movies and then adding the rock. Like, I, I don't know. I feel like there was like a particular alchemy to this particular movie that makes it way more fun than it should be. Well, I think because at least in the earlier movies, they were marrying themselves to like a really weird and false sense of realism. Yes. That this movie just said, nah. Yeah. No, I think it needed it needed to get to the fifth movie to free them up to be as broad as possible. Also, weirdly paradoxical to that, but helping it is that I, I saw something too that said that Justin Lin had gotten negative feedback for how much CGI was used. So they tried to do more practical effects. So there's like more actual car effects car stunts, yeah. Yeah, in this movie than previous ones, which I also think helps a lot. Well, because when because when the first train the, on the train heist, for for some reason, as soon as I saw like the rickety, uh, like flatbed that was going to actually take take the heist, and I just saw it jumping over hills for no reason at all. I was like, I don't know. I'm sure this is going to make no sense in a minute, but that thing looks like it'd be, it'd be fun to drive. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and and it, with that stunt, too, they really – that was a real train, like not miniatures, not CGI. Right. They really slammed that stuff into the side of the train and, like, filmed as much of that as possible that they could. And almost derailed the train. Yeah, which you can kind of see if you watch mm. it. <laughs> and then something else that I thought was weird is I think – this might, I guess, this right before uh, all of Rock's men get decimated. But not For him. some reason. Yeah. And I noticed that it's just like the, the military trucks, but they're, they're jumping over like hills as they're driving. And now that, that doesn't make any sense. Like, there's not a chase scene. They're just driving back through. But they're showing me, I was like, once again, it it made if for the second I thought why, but then I said, you know what? I just saw some military trucks jumping through a favela and and, and Rio. Hey man, it's fun. And that's the movie in a nutshell. I mean, if you stop to think why at any point, it's just gonna it's gonna fall apart perhaps faster than any movie we've watched yet for this podcast. <laughs> Look, the the only way you can enjoy this movie is a quarter mile at a time. You really have to just watch each scene as it happens and not think about the previous scene, not think about the next scene. And I think if you watch it that way, it, it is fun. And if you watch it with some family, you know, it's even better. Yeah, this, like, even like that scene where The Rock is just one man armying all the people that just killed all of his boys. Like that scene is, is like predator good. Like yes. that's like, that scene is awesome. Which answers and maybe your, that's why the rocks in the movie. I was going to say that that answers your question. Also, can we just take one moment? Cause I do think this is a silver lining when the one guy from his team is on the ground and like is dying. And then a grenade drops down next to him. Okay. I'm with it. Then a second. <laughs> second grenade. <laughs> Why did they have 10 grenades at that point? <laughs> yes. Like it's just it's it goes from being like a really funny, like sort of like fake emotional moment. They should have just kept heightening and just, just mm. or even let like the first grenade go off, but he doesn't die, and then like delayed the second grenade kills just him. Just go full like hot shots part do on that. <laughs> Why not? Because it's like it's already I'm now I, I well, I mean the bay the bay of a person is just doesn't know what they do, but the fact that the Rock's team were like top of the line, like military people, but also could put together a car pretty much from scratch with just like a few wrenches. 
just showing the expertise that he had on his team was top notch. So when they get taken out like that, what I guess it was heartbreaking. But then when that second grenade drops, you still have to laugh. Oh, you have to. Yeah, it's it's ridiculous, and it's. I also that man, we we've moved on past the maligning, but the putting together the card thing. I mean, it it works. He's right within the logic of the movie, but. Wouldn't Occam's razor be that like there were just drugs in the door of the car? Like, why is there even an assumption that something's missing? You take apart a car. There's probably something hidden inside it, but not a part of the car that should be there that's missing. It was something that never should have been inside the car, like stuffed in the right. door or something like it's just weird that he he's able to piece that logic together. of Like, there's probably something. Well, that's how good he is. That's why he's there, because he's he's the best. He is. Luke Hobbs is the best. Mm-hmm. No, he he really is. Um, yep. I mean, no, th- this like you you have to turn your brain off to enjoy this movie. But if you do, I think it's really enjoyable. Yeah. Oh yeah, because because I mean, as much as I talked about the safe scene and the physics of it, I mean, it looks fucking cool. Oh yeah, hundred percent. Like like. Like how they they first the safe is like almost a burden on them. Then then they kind of make the safe into a weapon itself. Then at the end when then uh, Diesel tells uh, Paul Walker to like leave me, and then he really gets funky with the uh, safe, spinning all around and murdering people, hitting them off the bridge, all that stuff. Like it it's cool. Yeah, now, he essentially uses the mace in the car like a medieval flail, and it's mm-hmm. awesome. Yeah, and it's and it's awesome. Then, like I said, when when I could just accept that, like turn my brain off, say, "Look, man, this isn't physics class. I'm not going to test on this. I can just relax and enjoy it. It's cool." And and then now, given this is, uh, well, I should say maligning, but the number one hit henchman. That the uh, the unkillable henchman, yeah, <laughs> yeah, who, who I guess throughout the movie fails time and time again, mm-hmm. has like seven lines, but he's there for every single time. Yep. And at the end, after surviving all this stuff, this gets shot by Paul Walker. Yep. And it's like you have like you like like, I mean, it sucks for you, but I I mean, I guess I did take. I don't say enjoyment and Sam fail so much, but but it, it became like a running joke. Like, <laughs> yeah, you almost want him to live. Like you almost just want yeah. it to like commit to the idea that this guy just escaped, like that his boss gets killed or whatever. And he just kind of like slips away in the crowd at the end. Right. Uh, but yeah, I'll go even harder for this movie in that. Like, I will just straight up say that, like, I think this has some of the best set pieces in like I think the train thing is good. I think that's a legit, well it's executed, a good action scene. Yeah, good action yeah. scene. I think the stuff at the end again is logically a mess, but I think visually is really fun. And I think it was just smart to put a team together and and to have all these actors together. Like I think this movie is really important for the franchise. Like I don't think we get six, seven, and eight, if they didn't make all the kind of pivots and like the, the direction they took it in this movie. Well, that's, uh, assuming a premise of it was worth it to get six, seven, and eight. Well, right. But if you (laughs) enjoy these movies, I think that this movie is the reason, I think it's the reason that we're doing this month is this movie. Like, I think if there was just, no, this movie absolutely gave the franchise legs to do eight installments yes you could argue it didn't have the legs to do five you could argue that it didn't have the legs to do one <laughs> like i like the first one the first one's fine but it, okay definitely didn't have the legs to do two no that sequel was <laughs> as unnecessary Look, a sequel as we've watched yeah i mean as when when the first movie came out there was all there was like usually in hollywood like it's always like a bunch of movies at the same time that they are the same movies. And you also had Gone in 60 Seconds, the uh, Nicolas Cage vehicle. Yep. But I guess, I don't say that that movie took itself seriously. Well, you could listen to our episode from last November. <laughs> we did cover that on a previous yeah. show. Yeah. But but then, but 
as the fans of Ferris just allow itself to get more and more ridiculous, it's been allowed to to grow and now become like one of the biggest franchises we have now. Right. Because they just had just kept doubling down on being like no, completely I, ridiculous. I think like the the crew themselves, the biggest strength of this franchise is that they just continue to bulldoze ahead without stopping to think about it. And that they really yeah, I, I kind of love their endurance. Like that they just kept at it until they finally reached a level of ridiculousness that really resonated with people. Like it wasn't dumb and ridiculous enough until this movie, I think. Right. And, and just like, it's gotten so much forward momentum that an outright rift between cast members has not stopped sequels from getting made. No, it gave it a spinoff. They did a spinoff because everyone got mad that the rock and uh, Jason Statham came in and got like too much attention. So they gave them their own movie and that also did well. Like, yeah. And is also bananas and super fun. Yeah. Super dumb. I I also before we I I don't know if you guys have other stuff you want to mention, but I I'm not even kidding. I love the end of this movie where they open the safe and that what is it Danza Kaduro like kicks in and the montage of what everyone does with their money I'm not even like I love it like no notes the the escalating between Tyrese and Ludacris that he bought the same car but with two women genius <laughs> like just absolutely- no, that's, that scene is like such a perfect bookend for this movie to yeah. like put a it's such a good period at the end of that sentence i honestly i could have kept watching like and then the other two guys that we haven't really talked much about but the fact that one bets all of his money on red and the other bets all of his money on black like on the same on the same spin <laughs> on the same it, spin it heavily implies that it wound up green yes that neither one of them won yes it, it was like no it's great and then yeah han and uh and um, gal Gadot's just like making out while they're driving it's it's a great sequence it really is um, now, I, now like i will say i haven't watched it i haven't really watched these movies um after watching this uh I can't say I'm, it's going to be like the day tomorrow, but I'm definitely going to watch the rest of them just yeah. because like. Yeah. Well, here's the tip. And if anyone else feels the way that Jason does, don't go back. Just go forward. If yeah. you watch five, yeah. there is no need to watch anything that happened before. Yeah. It. yeah. Cause, cause it, cause it, like, it, it was dumb, but it was fun. Like that. I mean that of course there are tons of things that you could still pick apart, but like, but even in that stuff, I could have fun with it. Like, like when to when the first time to to receive Gal Gadot, and he says, "I wrote it down because it was so <laughs> I couldn't believe." Um, what did he say? It was a. Uh, oh my goodness! Did I not? Oh yes, sexy legs, baby girl. What time did they open? Yep. Yeah, and then she. <laughs> I, like her response is something to the effect of the same time my gun fired, <laughs> like like when after yeah. I murder you, I believe is her response. It was, it was like that that that's a strong. Mm-hmm. That is a, a hard come on. Like yeah. that is that's and 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 then and this is like the 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 fast talker that you. Um, oh yeah, this is the guy that can BS his way out of any situation. Well, don't forget yeah. that that's one of two times that we see his amazing skills. The other being when he talks about someone working out and tries to flash Paul Walker's ID badge to the evidence locker and fails miserably at that. Well, and the guy's like, it says Caucasian. He's like, yeah, I tan. Yeah, brilliant. I mean, yeah. Yeah. fooled me. I was like, oh, that's why. Yeah, he's you're black. He yeah, he and but he also gives us the best line in the whole movie, which is this isn't mission impossible, it's mission in freaking sanity. So don't don't forget yeah. that one. I, yeah. I don't know if this counts, but like I could watch a Tyrese and Ludacris spinoff, I think. Oh yeah. Well also, have, I don't give a shit about either of them. Well also, yeah, like the the like watching having just watched the their what is it, Too Fast, Too Furious, like they weren't really friends in that. So I want if we're gonna jump around on the timeline and we're gonna have all this stuff with Han, 
what what's happened since that movie that like seems yeah, to be where the, did they form that bond yeah and bond slash rivalry yeah i would definitely watch that i would watch any spe- i would watch yeah immediately after this movie when they both just have those cars and they're driving around the same town like yeah, i would just, watch a real-time richard linklater ask <laughs> just watch the next two hours of their life yeah just almost where we'll just like follow them until they run out of the money trying to one-up each other <laughs> like just god that's a movie yeah hollywood yeah if do we, you're listening and we, we know you are how did we accidentally <laughs> pitch that yeah that i mean i mean now given uh well I guess it doesn't have to make sense so no no don't yeah. don't let that confine you don't yeah, don't let like, logic hold you back just yeah like and like if somehow that they end up blowing blowing that money on like if, if the whole movie that, that they spend the money on stuff that was like super expensive they're probably 10 million dollars couldn't afford but at the end they blow it on something that's like actually affordable but the movie makes it like it's very expensive like a two like 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 a two bedroom home in Bethesda. Is <laughs> 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 a show that brings the camels back. It's something I would like to see. They decide to get a modest duplex. Yeah, <laughs> in Chevy Chase, Maryland. Yeah, but but like that's they find out that they're broke. So Fast and Furious presents Tej and Roman. Is that yeah. that's what we're yeah. pitching? Like. Yeah. <laughs> I'm so impressed that you remember these people's like characters' oh, names. Oh, I took the time to look on their IMDb oh, page so, what you guys were. I'm, I'm, I'm so impressed. I just <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's it, it, it's acting names for me. I'm sorry. I, well, they may have. I said mean, the names they're like not acting. It's total. just Tyrese and Ludacris. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Which is this one? Because they in Too Fast, Too Furious, they didn't even like. There's just Ludacris's music is in it. Like they didn't even bother to create a work. Like he he's listening to songs by Ludacris in that movie. I, I don't think they did it this time. But like, yeah, no, they, I don't think they. But yeah, in in Too Fast, Too Furious, Chris Bridges is listening to the playing yeah. Tej is listening to the music of Ludacris. Uh, yeah. uh, I, I will say that on the um. When they had like the super high technology that they could see who people's face see, see people's faces through masks, yeah, and they I, had like all the all the IDs. <laughs> they definitely used the picture from Ludacris's first album <laughs> as his uh, ID that, picture. Amazing, fried chicken and beer is that the name of the album? No, that no. His first one was uh, back for the first time. Oh, that's right. Man, the chicken and beer I think was the second, and then well, yeah. Cause, but it, cause, cause it was like, like super, his head was super, super long. He was like smirking. It was like a wristband, like a headband on. So it was definitely from like 2001 when for some <laughs> reason dressing like you were actually subbing into an NBA game was cool, but sitting on the bench next to Adonis Haslam. <laughs> <laughs> no, whoever was on the graphics department seemed to have a lot of fun with that sequence. <laughs> like, you know, cause again, the, the Han solo thing, like the, there was definitely like someone just was ha- like, they were like, what are you, are they going to check my work? Like I can just, yeah. just do whatever it- I want. <laughs> See, the movies are blurring together a little bit for me, but was it this one where they when they were putting like the English subtitles? Were they in weird spots on the screen in this one? Yeah, that, that's in a previous one too. But also, it wasn't as pronounced in this one. But they were still kind of like yeah. Instead of just doing yeah. normal subtitles, they kind of bounced around a little bit. Yeah, it was it, it was like they wouldn't have like come up. They like kind of slide in. Yeah, slide out. Why but not? It, but it, yeah, but it, but it wasn't like uh, like review. I mean, the only reason it was uniform because it was weird every time yes because i had to like rewind it because i was like wait am i tripping right now so that just <laughs> popped off i said no they just decided to go with this i respect it yeah yeah i mean the, the, even even the subtitle writer lives his life a quarter mile at a time <laughs> yeah even he's too he's too fast he's too furious look, look, i mean the, the, the fact that they chose to have authenticity was like <laughs> they were in brazil to speak portuguese like okay yeah. i mean it's not like they needed authentic like nothing else about this movie is authentic because we just talked about 
how a safe was used as a battering ram through buildings. But also gently but, slid into the back of a yeah, garbage truck. But but we're going to respect the, the, the uh, culture of this foreign country. Until, but then at the uh, car race, the dude that has the the that they race to they get his blue car that uh, emerges from nowhere, mm-hmm. a seemingly a seeming local, but sounds like he's from like Southern California. And he knows who they are. Yeah, he's he's yeah, right. v- very familiar with the street racing scene in Los Angeles. But yeah, <laughs> he's. Well, I mean, everyone knows that L.A. and Rio are sister cities. I mean, that's <laughs> if that's not common knowledge. And yeah. you know, the, I liked the movie didn't drive that home. They assumed the audience was smart enough to know that. So. Well, simultaneously not assuming that you remembered where the movie was taking place because every single time they like, it was almost like a timer went off and they were like, we better show that statue again. So people remember that yeah, we're in better, Rio. Better let them know that Christ the Redeemer is just off camera. Which, I mean, inventive, like the number of different ways that they spun a camera around that. Like, no, no. Like, again, I loved it. I loved every time they showed that. Like, look, this is Christ the Redeemer statue. We're we're still here. Don't worry. Look, look, man. If <laughs> a good aerial shot, some tropical stuff, <clears throat> a few uh, completely gratuitous shots of uh, women's butts for no reason whatsoever. I mean, that's been a hallmark of the franchise since Jump yeah. Street. So yeah, yeah, and then I mean, just car. I mean, well, cause when they were training for the heist, that essentially never happened. Right. Uh, so just like, so just cars drifting, just scenes and shots of just mm-hmm. different cars drifting for whatever reason. Hey, man. Cool. Yeah. Um, it, <clears throat> it kept me interested. Like I said, it's. It, I mean, I think that's the spot to leave it. Just, hey, yeah. man cool yeah. <laughs> yeah look well yeah because we're we're verging on a two-hour podcast about this two-hour yeah. movie so uh but yeah no thank you so much for joining us i'm legit excited that it sounds like you might watch the other movies based on this oh, uh, oh that and the yeah. one because then i can have because my father like he watched these so then we can have a, this conversation uh oh that's that's i can have this conversation with him and uh it's going to because he can recognize these movies are bad, but for some reason, if you point it out to him, he kind of takes it personal. <laughs> but it's like, so I mean, I'll, so I'll, I'll have fun with that, but it's, so so now, <laughs> now this is a complete tangent. So now I can watch The Equalizer because my oh. grandmother uh, <laughs> loves it. I watched it with her last week. <laughs> Funniest show I've seen all year. <laughs> Hands down. And now I can watch these movies and talk to my father about it. So I want. I need. I need to. Thank so it all comes this. back to family. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. All comes back to family. So I, I. I can thank this podcast for giving me a, a, a reason to um. Talk to my father on the phone. I mean, Dom Toretto would be super happy with that. So. <laughs> super happy. Yeah. All right. Well, um, I don't know if there's anything you want to plug anything you want people to follow or you don't have to, but you, your face says oh. I said that, but you, you. Oh, I mean, well, I, well uh, yeah. Um, Hey, you can follow me on uh, Twitter at uh, since 82, I believe Instagram at the same time at the same name. I sporadically post jokes and or sketches and weird things. So if I ever get consistent and you follow me, you'll see if it happens. If it doesn't, then you'll see if it happens. So. Is, it, is your uh, like profile photo still like the Joker? Because I you sent me like a follow request on Instagram a long time ago, and it took me forever yeah. to follow you back because I had no idea who it was. Because I saw since yeah. eighty two with a picture of the Joker, and I was like, I have no idea who this person is. Yeah, I, I, well, I think when when I I remember because when I got Instagram, I was like. Had had to put, put them on my background because actually, because I think that that's on the same time because my work computer I have that uh, as the background because that's how I feel when I'm at work. So <laughs> uh, I just like I, I didn't even so I think I, I, I just had it so I was like to put something to put something up there so it wasn't like a blank uh, space. That works, but 
I would say I totally understand why why, why I don't follow somebody yeah. if that's well, their background. If that, that if that's their well, well, that's kind of why I'm like mentioning it. If someone listens to this and they want to follow you, I just want to let oh. you know if you're not sure it's him <laughs> that it's <laughs> it is Jason. I just probably change that. I have a. <laughs> It'd be probably cuter if I have like a child that people want to see instead of the Joker. So. Yeah, yeah. No, your and your kid is adorable. Yeah. Yes. Thank you. Uh, no, I know. Like Bree posts a lot of like really great stuff too on Instagram as well. Like. Um, yeah, I guess uh, that, that that's why I failed as as as, as, as a parent and a partner because I just don't like. You're tired. It's all right. Yeah, like, it makes like, perfect take, sense. Like, hey, take this picture so I can put on the gram, but it's. Mm, I rather post a, a joke. <laughs> Yeah, post a joke, take a nap. It's it's good. You're good, man. No, thanks for doing this. This was nice. This was nice. It was good to catch no, up. I appreciate it, man. Appreciate this. the invite. It's All awesome. Right. All right. So, Andy, if you just want to hit him with our classic sign-off. I live my family a quarter mile at a time. Silver Linings Playback is a production of HoboTrashCan.com. If you enjoyed the show, please rate or review it on Apple Podcasts. Hear more great shows on the Peak Sloth Podcast Network, like this one. Hey guys, it's Sean. And Carter. From Potato. Salad. Marmalade. Aid. 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 Potato Aid. Salad Marmalade. Another podcast here on the Peak Sloth Network. Check it out.